HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. I have a great guest joining me today, William Duck. William is an executive coach, corporate consultant, and inspirational speaker that values integrity, transparency, and accountability. With over 10 years of experience in workforce development, corporate training, and sales leadership, William is committed to helping organizations and the teams therein identify and remove self-limiting beliefs that could impede their growth and long-term success. For this reason, he understands that transformational change can only be achieved by identifying the root cause for personal and organizational dysfunction. Using real-world examples, William sheds light on the power of the subconscious mind and the value of developing one's mental fitness. He believes that through the proper use of one's thoughts, feelings, and imagination, we can become the conscious creator of our life's circumstances. Therefore, he understands and has proven that personal empowerment leads to organizational empowerment and success over time. William is passionate about sharing his message of self-love and healing with the world, which is why his tagline states, People and organizations don't need motivation, they need transformation. In his free time, William enjoys yoga and traveling with his wife, Lauren, son, William, and daughter, Sophia. William, I am so excited to have you come and join me and talk with me today. I am too. I know we recently had a meeting and I had an amazing conversation and I'm looking forward to a whole lot more today and uh, so ready to jump in. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling me and the audience a little bit about your background and yourself? Sure, sure. So um, once again, my name is William Deck, and I'm the founder and CEO of Mind Business LLC. And we're a coaching and consulting firm that's really focused in on mental fitness education. And what that really means is that we help organizations and the individuals they're in to remove their self-sabotage barriers from a mental and emotional level, because the keys to success are not visible. They're invisible principles and ideas and belief systems that manifest in our behaviors and disciplines that cause these good outcomes to happen. And we help organizations and once again, those the people and the, and the team members to actually see where they're getting in their own way and how they can get out of their own way because ultimately we have to make good decisions with clarity in order to be able to make a transformation of change. We can't just helter-skelter, you know, um, you kind of find our way there just by floating around in the atmosphere. It's about being intentional. And that's what we really try to help organizations see. And then, of course, do the work. And that's amazing because um, I can identify with that. Um, being somebody who's, you know, had a, a long journey to where I am, I've definitely noticed that the people that I surround myself with and the mindset, um, you know, personally, that over the years has changed um, I, I can identify points in my life in which it wasn't, it's easy to point blame, but it wasn't anybody else that was in my way. It was, it was me. So I can definitely, um, I can definitely see how your work can help individuals and organizations drastically move forward. Um, if you put the work in, so, so why don't you, um, you know, again, and I've seen it too, you know, many people walk around, you know, unsure of how to change their life and to really get unstuck. So tell me about how you work with people and companies to do that good work. Most definitely. So our, our one-on-one coaching philosophy definitely kind of um, is intertwined in the work that we do with organizations because the mental principles, once again, are the same. So when, when I say mental principles, what I'm saying is that there are universal laws 
that just like gravity in the physical realm apply to the mental realm. So for example, there's a law of correspondence that says that any external outcome or, um, or situation is connected to an inner situation and or reality, meaning what we feel and think and believe on the inside tends to manifest around us over time, right? And so one could say, well, I don't, I'm not sure if that's true, but no one questions gravity. It works because it works in these universal laws that our ancestors over a thousand years have come to understand all around the world. So when I say universal, it means it applies just like it does here in Wisconsin and Milwaukee as it does in Shangji, China or somewhere else, right? Um, it, it works because it works. And so when it work, so when we work and do um, engagements with organizations, what we wanna do is not try to recreate the wheel. There are certain mental um, as well as you know physical laws that are really important to understand and set a foundation so that when we understand how the baseline or how the, the scaffolding is put together, then it's easier to see some of the more minute details. If we understand that if we speak negative words, for example, that we're going to have negative emotions and those negative emotions tend to manifest negative outcomes, whether they're specific or unspecific, they attract the, the same energy or the like energy. And so if we are having negative conversations internally about the organization all the time and what doesn't work and what we don't like, we can only expect to have more negative outcomes. Just the same if you're an individual, if you're talking bad about yourself, talking bad about your situation, talking only about the negative aspects of your family history as opposed to positives, right? Then it's very hard to make a positive or a transformational change, meaning that we're going in the complete opposite direction, right? Transformation, something new, if we're talking and speaking from the old belief system, the old ideas, the negative ideas. And so we have to begin to, to um, understand and to see, you know, with our single eye of the spirit, if you will, as well as our physical eyes, the mental and emotional, you know, psychological aspects of how we are speaking life into our situation and speaking a newness, a creative aspect that can bring new outcomes into our lives, which is, which is love, which is positivity. Or if we're speaking that the negativity that only sees a certain um, a certain number of outcomes or possible outcomes because this is what we experienced in the past, so we can expect quote unquote to experience these things again. It didn't work out last time I tried, so why would it work now? All those kind of ways of thinking and feeling simply tells ourselves with words and no words, I don't deserve it. And most of the time, when we find the root cause of what's holding us back, it's because deep down, we don't believe that we deserve it. We don't believe that we deserve the new outcome, the, you know, the higher level of financial security, the better relationship, um, because our old experiences have told us that we don't. And we haven't interrupted that pattern of thinking and feeling. And until we interrupt those, those stuck, negative, dense, low emotions, We'll never be able to get into the newness of life. That is what living this experience is all about. It's about constantly having an opportunity to get better, to see better, to experience better, to prove to yourself that there's no limit to what you deserve or what you can have, right? Because it's not about just like holding something in your hand. It is about having an idea and manifesting into the real world. And that's what we want organizations to do. We just put the corporate speak around it, help them to learn the principles, and ultimately help them to begin to build the behaviors that will automatically produce the outcomes that they want. And we do the same thing with one-on-one -on -one coaching because we are what we habitually do, not what we say, and, and honestly, not even necessarily what we think to a degree because we can be thinking negatively at first, but then begin to change our behaviors and our behaviors will pull us out of it. But if we only think and not take action, then ultimately we're not going to get to where we want to get. So getting deep down into what those root causes and the whys behind all of that that we just discussed is important. So then we can just put a program around, here are the challenges, so we know exactly what we want to attack from day one. And we try to keep it simple. We, we don't try to make it difficult. It's simple and straightforward. These are your roadblocks. We've identified them together. Let's attack those and, and get those out of your head and your heart and replace those negative belief systems with positive belief systems actions, behaviors. And once we do that, the subconscious mind will take over and it's automatic success as opposed to automatic self-sabotage, failure, and all the other things that you don't want. That's, that's how we do it. That's And, and that's amazing okay. because, you know, and I, and I suppose, you know, 
simple like and things that pop to my head you know and some of these are going to be really bad examples so forgive me but things that pop to my head like my husband and I play Yahtzee all the time like we're obsessed with mm -hmm. playing Yahtzee and I always think to myself like oh today I'm gonna win Yahtzee because I had a really good day and I have positive energy going into these dice which is is kind of ridiculous because if you think about it you know Yahtzee is a is a game of chance like and, and a little bit of skill like which dice do I keep which dice do I don't right but I always think to myself today was an awesome day so I have positive energy going into this game <laughs> Which it's is true. <laughs> it's kind of goofy, but I, I always think like, yep, today I'm going to win because today was a really great momentum day. So and then I'll win and I'm like, yeah, I should go to the, you know, Potawatomi or to the casino. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a gambler, like, you know, not too much of an Abigail, but, you know, you get into this mindset like, hey, today was I had such great positive momentum that nothing can bring me down. But on the flip mm -hmm. side of that, I have a really rough day and I'm like, ugh, I'm not going to win. I, could, I can't do, you know, I can't. and it's hard to get out of that rut. So if, if, if you can create that automatic, like you were talking about, that automatic subconscious mindset where you're pouring, you know, that positive momentum, into things on a regular basis think about how much more powerful you can be in any situation but it's hard it's hard to when you mm -hmm. have, when you just feel like you're being beaten down over and over it's definitely tough to get out of that rut especially if if and and again i suppose that some people i i, I don't suppose some people grow up in certain ways so it is hard to look at the world with the glass half full and hard to get into the mindset that good things are going to happen if I put the work in because they just grew up with the idea that good things don't happen to people like me or people like mm -hmm. so it's hard to switch that it really is. Yeah. So I get it. And so working with somebody like you to really change your view almost on the world, your view on yourself, mm -hmm. and then say, hey, I'm valuable in some way, whether no matter what it is, I'm I give value to somebody <laughs> in some way and working just on that small piece at a time and knowing that, you know, it kind of goes back to what what, what is that movie? Um um, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of the, the movie, it's a Christmas movie where, you know, he wishes he was never born. And then the reality of seeing what would happen if you didn't exist in the lives. That oh, a Christmas you, story? Uh, not a Christmas story. Um, oh my God. How can I not think of the name of this movie? The one with Scrooge? No. He goes not, back and, okay. No, it's not with Scrooge. It's, um. Oh my God, right now my audience is like screaming at me going, how do you not know the name of this movie? But it's, it's the oh, whole it's premise okay. around like, if you remove one person from the lives of other people as if they never were born, mm -hmm. it, the impact, the ripple effect, because even the simple act of opening a door for somebody could be making their day. Right. You know, the positivity that you don't know that you spread However, that's also the same thing for the negativity that you can spread. And if everybody kind of had that mindset of doing a little bit more positive, those those things can can change the world. And so if anyways, I digress. Um, no, so I agree. And here's a, here's another thing. The vision board. You know, you hear people talk about, oh, I have a vision board. And the idea behind that is that you are deserving of anything that you put on that vision board if you truly want to get it then you need to actively seek out ways to switch your mindset in order to and if you're looking at those things all the time and you're going about it in a way that's positive and and I and I'm a believer of that right like if you 
are doing things in a positive and and actively, but it it's not just simple like, oh, I'm just going to work three times ha- harder and I'm going to bulldoze my way through it. It's mm-hmm. not the same as actually flipping that, and you know better. Flipping that switch to say, okay, I am going to do this better by healthier. I'm going to do this, you know. I know exactly what you're saying. Right, and I'm just not finding the right yeah. words to to say. It's it. just taking uh, a, a approach of self love um, and acceptance. A lot of times we we feel like we are doing a good job taking care of ourselves and this and that, but then when we look into the the detail and the minutia, whether it's constantly rushing, whether it's constantly being under anxiety because we've been under a cloud of anxiety and overwhelm for many many years, which uh, psychological science called that toxic stress overload. A lot of times those kind of emotional states are normal, meaning that we're never really truly settled. We never really feel like we, we're doing enough, that we have enough, that we are enough. It's always the idea that there is a a um, a hole in our bucket. So it's not about it being half full or half empty. It's that it's constantly being um, depleted. It's constantly draining. So people around you, um, experiences always have to continuously pump you up, pump you up, pump you up, fill up your cup, fill up your cup, but your cup keeps on leaking um, or keeps on becoming depleted, which means it's not enough, right? Because that is your state of mind. And so no one can help you with that. We have to learn, even though it's very difficult. Let me make a, a quick statement. I'm not saying that this is easy, but we have to get to a place in our lives that we feel okay in our own skin doing nothing on a Friday night. The reason why I give that example is because for me on Friday nights for many years, I feel like I had to go out and hang out and do things and go places because I wouldn't settle with where I was in my life. I was still in college. You know, this is my college years and I was on the eight-year plan when I started off with the four-year plan and things that went wrong. They were outside of my control, but I felt like a victim and I could not sit still on a Friday night because I wasn't okay. When I began to realize that Fundamentally, then I begin to realize, okay, some of my behaviors, like, you know, I would, you know, get a whole pizza and a six pack of beer and, you know, consume it in one night by myself. And it's like, okay, I'm a former athlete. Yes, I used to eat a lot, but I'm not anymore. Why am I like eating this much food when like my body says, hey, that's enough. And I keep on eating. That was a sign um, of a lack of self-love. That was, you know, self-deprecation. That was you know, in some way, some deep part of myself was punishing myself because once again, if you don't feel like you're okay or if you're good enough, most people also feel like they need to be punished in some way. So that means self-sabotage, right? I need to be in a situation to where I'm struggling and striving and, you know, um, putting myself second place to someone else physically or psychologically or, you know, work, you know, taking crap from my boss when it's not just Constructive criticism, it's actually, you know, borderline abuse and all these different things that just manifest and put people in this in this secondary position in their own lives, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't believe that they deserve the best or they are afraid of success. And so I have to do something to keep myself from being out there, from speaking up for myself, because if I do that, then people won't be in agreement with me. But once again, it goes back to that secondary position, because if you are not first in your life, other people will find ways, consciously or subconsciously, put themselves first. If you don't have your own plan, if you don't have your own vision, someone will give you their their plan and their vision and say, go out and help, you know, do this for me. None of those things are bad, but if you stay there, you will slowly lose respect for yourself. And ultimately, when we go from the love side of living to the fear side of living, we cut ourselves off from opportunities on the fear side and self-sabotage. And we keep on pulling ourselves down because we are the crabs in the bucket that are pulling us down because it's our bucket. It's our mind. But if we're on the love side, then we are free. We are eagle soaring two, three, four, five, ten 10 miles high in the sky, seeing hundreds of miles in all direction. And I choose where I go. I make decisions. I speak affirmations. I take I create new habits and behaviors that are not easy at the beginning. But I choose to go through when it hurts and when it doesn't feel good. And I'm ready to, you know, lose my breakfast at yoga or at some kind of training session. But I choose to show up the next day or the, or, or the next week. That's what self-love is all about. Pushing through the, the challenging times at the beginning, knowing that there's something better on the other side. Knowing that the vision that I have is real. 
It is alive and it lives through me. And there's no second place. There's no way that I can let this go because it is my vision. If I don't manifest it, it will never happen. And taking full responsibility for it. So love is not just being fluffy. Love is being tough. It's having courage. It's feeling the pain, feeling the fear, and continuing to go on. And of course, fear is the exact opposite. It's, it's pushing my opportunities away. It's making excuses. It's feeling sorry for myself. And none of those things play in the real world. Mm-hmm. The reality is it's completely up to you. And that's what love teaches us. But, it, but, but we have to relearn that because we tend to lose that over time because the world tells us put other people first, put other things first, stay on the sidelines, don't make too much noise. But then those that actually do those things are the ones that are most successful. The Elon Musk and all the other successful people say, break the rules, find your own way, trust your intuition. And so we have to relearn a lot of things, but it is so worth it. And, and it's funny because when I hear you talk and I can, I can hear other people's reaction initially of, well, doesn't that sound selfish? Putting yourself mm-hmm. first all yep. the time. And, and, mm-hmm. and I, and I, yes, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But mm-hmm. what I have learned through my own personal journey is that when I was putting everybody else first, I was completely ignoring my own needs, my own, and I was allowing myself to live in a place of complete unhealthiness. And mm-hmm. when you put yourself first and become completely healthy, it becomes easy to serve those around you. And it becomes fun to be able to keep yourself healthy and also love and serve those around you with kindness. And, but you're right. It it goes back to the saying of put your own mask on first. Otherwise you're nothing Mm -hmm. to anybody else. Then you answered my question. I was going to say, am I right in that? So, so yes. So there is, so what I've had to learn is that there's a difference between selfish and selfing. When someone is living from fight or flight and fear, um, the poverty mindset, and I'm not talking about finances first because that, that is the end outcome. I'm talking about not enough, can't do it, not enough time, I'm too busy. What I've realized, those are the selfish people because what they don't understand is, is that every time they're suppressing their own greatness and opportunities to grow, then they are masking the light that they were here to, to, to be and to become. Mm-hmm. Those who, who are selfing and saying, if I'm not okay, I can't be of use to anybody else or saying, because I care about my, my family, my, my loved ones, the clients that I serve, I have to be mentally, emotionally, physically, psychologically fit so that I can go out there and produce the output or the light or the clarity, wisdom, and knowledge that flows from within me, my experiences, my intuition, everything else to go out there and do the very best that I can for this world. Because I understand that I want to leave this world one day empty. Every single virtue, every every speck of light, everything that I had to bring to the table, I did, dug deep within the old world of myself and brought it out. That's someone who I believe who actually loves and cares people more, much more so than those are saying, I'm going to cover up my own light or I don't have a light or I'm not a light. I can't do it. Those are the selfish ones because they don't see their connectedness to the bigger picture. Those that do are saying, let me make sure that I'm fortified so that I can always do and be whom I need to be. Just like it says in every single scripture, right? The, the, the different definitions of, you know, God, if, if you will, whether it's I am, whether it's a full definition or otherwise, or other, other words or names, they all go back to the idea that I am whatever you need me to be, or I am whatever I need to be, which means that we always have more within us, but only those who have the courage to dare to go into their own Atlantis within themselves and find all the gold and all the solutions. That's all those stories about you as a human being, right? Anytime there's a a dragon at the gate or a dragon, you know, um, you know, protecting this gold in, in this big castle and all that stuff, that dragon that is covering the gold is the limitations within yourself because the gold is within your own castle. It's not somebody else's castle, it's yours, but, but, but that's the unlimited potential that we are. Not that we have, that we are. And to, and to have the courage to start that journey and to keep on going when it's scary and when you're afraid and when no one's supporting you and thinking that you're crazy, 
those are the ones who are not just quote unquote selfing, but those are the ones that are or that have decided that I am the one in my life and have the ability to impact other people's lives in a way that I can't even describe yet. It is beyond my comprehension. But I'm going to go after that pie in the sky idea and belief and vision because there's something greater beyond what I can see. And everyone else, and I have to be honest, so you, your, your listeners are going to get shocked again. <laughs> and everyone else is just jacking around mm-hmm. to just be living life, going to work, coming home, not being satisfied, being, you know, repressed in a thousand different ways, mentally, emotionally, vision for something that you want to do that you just have given up on or about to give up on um, and not showing your children a better version of of yourself year after year after year, that's selfish as hell. You have more greatness in you than you could ever imagine. And to not even touch it or to, to tap into it that is much more worse. So selfing is, is, is excellent. Selfing is what great people do. And selfish is what most people are doing because they don't see the big picture. So I wanted to explain that and give some context. But most people are just sitting around waiting to die. And we can't allow that to happen to us. All of, our, all of that potential that lives within you as an individual, every listener here could go to the grave one day. All these different ideas for businesses and, and ways to be a better parent and all this and that and you're afraid for any reason to do it, and you choose not to do it over and over again, it's not just impacting you. It could impact an entire community, an entire city. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful we are. And, well, and, and for a lot of us, it could change the world. Right. But what we just sit on our gifts. Well, and that goes back to, you know, the whole, you know, concept of people who don't realize the impact they have on other people simply by being, you know, who you are, who you are by being kind, by making, you know, extra attempts each day to reach out to some. But again, this comes back to fear. Mm-hmm. It all and you had mentioned that it, it all comes back to fear by asking somebody, can I open this door for you? Well, why wouldn't you ask somebody that? Oh, I don't want to mm-hmm. get involved. I don't want to talk to this. I, you know, what if I talk to him and they yell at me? A lot of what we don't do comes back to fear of being rejected or of being looked at cross-eyed or Mm -hmm. it comes back to what happens if I am not accepted. And trust me, I've experienced that. What if I get on this stage and everybody laughs at me? What if I get on that stage and everybody claps and says, thank you for telling me that story or thank you for what you you do? What if I, you know, whatever it might be, we, we as humans have a tendency to default to the negative versus the positive. And it's, it's difficult to get past the fear of the what ifs. Well, what if I, what if that happens? What if this happens? For some reason, there came a point in my life, and I think it comes with age, right? Where all of the sudden I just was like, what if, who cares, like, who cares? What if somebody mm-hmm. doesn't like me? Okay, they don't have to. Not everybody in the world has to like who I am. Not everybody in the world has to accept me. But I need to accept me. I need to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of what I see. And for and for that, I needed to say some uncomfortable things about myself, i.e., I went and told the world I have bipolar disorder. There are people out there who are wildly, you know, uncomfortable with that. But you know what? I stepped into myself fully because all of the sudden I was accepted by a huge number of people in my community who actually said, thank you. Thank you for being so open and honest with who you were. And I'll tell you, when I did that for myself... I became so much more comfortable in my own skin and it empowered me. It made me feel amazing to be able to just be who I am fully and not be ashamed of something that I was born with. Mm-hmm. I've spoken to other people who have told their story that were much more difficult. I'll, I'll just say that. You know, tied to much more traumatizing things in their past that I can't imagine Mm -hmm. what they felt. 
I, I've seen, you know, and it's, it's so amazing when people finally step into their whole selves and do things that, you know, others stand up and go, well, thank you. And there are others who will say, oh, well, I don't ever want to talk with that person again. She's weird or she's strange. Well, then fine. Go find your people. But I'm going to clap for that person. Because here's the thing. Not everybody likes everybody. Not everybody jives with everybody. Not everybody meshes well. But everybody has somebody. We all have people somewhere. And in order for us to all lift each other up, we all need to find those people, right? Because everybody has somebody. And if we get past the fear and realize that we can do better, it would be that much easier. We just have to be willing to take that first leap. Again, I digress into some random thought by Leanne. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're totally right. Um, I think Maya Angelou is one of the ones that said it the best, is that our biggest fear is that we are not inadequate. Our biggest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And of course, she said more. But most of us have a much stronger fear of success. Like, what if this actually works mm -hmm. and I can scale this business or I begin to have a successful relationship that I've never seen um, with a stable person, you know, what will happen once I get there and do I have what it takes to handle it and to manage it and to grow it or to be it? A lot of people or more, or more people fear that than the fear of quote unquote failure because all, all of us have had quote unquote failures in whatever capacity, whatever we believe that to be. So that's not necessarily scary because it's not foreign. Mm -hmm. The foreign ideas and aspects are what scares us the most. So being wildly successful and at peace and not having any issues and drama and having to worry about paying bills for a good number of the population, that is horrifying because what they have experienced is the exact opposite. It doesn't mean that's, that's what they want, but what they do is communicate that with their emotions um, and, and their self-sabotaging and fearful and overwhelming thoughts that put them back in that space. And when I talked about the beginning being that low heavy denseness that you feel and there's a constant excuse me a constant cloud around you all the time most of us feel that cloud we see that cloud um experience experientially by what happens in our lives and it keeps us down and it keeps us uh feeling that we're not enough and all the other things that i've already mentioned that is and i know that for a fact because that's where i was for many years i know what it feels like to not have a clear vision for the future and you just feel like you're wandering and doing your best just to get out of bed and feel encouraged every single day. I know what it feels like to be depressed because I was after my stepdaddy got sick and had to handle a whole lot of stuff that I wasn't ready to just because I was the oldest boy. I know what it feels like to have a one vision and idea and then all of a sudden life, you feel like life is just blowing up on you and all of a sudden you got to just start from scratch. Like everything that you work for, quote unquote but this was my own story, mm -hmm. um, I had lost and I lost people and lost friendship. I didn't lose anything. You know, I was simply shedding that which was movable so that that which was immovable would remain in the end. Mm -hmm. And it talks about spiritual texts, including the Bible. It talks about the idea that every that life has periods or, or seasons where everything is shaken, just like sediment, so that everything, so that what is left is the foundation. Just like when you're looking for gold, you sift through a whole lot of dirt and this and that. But when you sift it through, what is re remaining is that pure gold, right? right? And so it even talks about, you know, that when you go through fire, fiery situations, the reason why you go through them is that you can come out as pure gold because you purify gold and silver and lead and things like that by heating it up so that everything that is not the pure metal or element is burned away, basically. And that's exactly what happened. And it was very, very painful. What I did also learn, and I can tell everyone from experience, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it seems, no matter how hard it seems, is that when you go through the fire, you will not come out on the inside burned up and like a little piece of charcoal. You will definitely be that purified gold psychologically, physically, emotionally, you know, steadfast and immovable, able to do more than you ever thought you could do because you've grown your capacity. And that's what challenging times are for. They don't come to stay. They come to pass. That is not your life. You should not always be, because I've heard things, especially in the spiritual community, about, hey, you know, if either you're going into the storm, out of storm, or through a storm, I don't believe in that. I believe that we have an opportunity each and every day 
to decide how we feel, how we think, and overall get to a place that over time, over extended periods of time, we have extended periods of time of peace and prosperity and, and focus and, and, and clarity and, and passion. We don't have to just sit here and go through stuff. And a lot of people believe that, and I did too, but I kept on manifesting what I believe. So I want to also just throw a quick tidbit in there. You don't have to stay in tough times. Tough times come to pass, and we should be living in abundant overflow much more than we're living in struggle and striving and hustle and grinding. They just wear us down and wear us out. Um, The hustle grind mentality for me, and I realize so many others, it's not a real thing. It's just negative programming that, that causes us to burn ourselves out because most people don't know how to go hard and fast and not wear out. So it's not really meant for most people. There are a few people who have enough discipline that can go hard and fast, do enough self-care to not burn out quickly when you're going hard all the time. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't recommend it. Um, well, so, you know, you, you made a really um, valid point. There are seasons of life. You know, we and, and I've talked with this about somebody else on my podcast that, we, you know, we we go through different periods of times that we may have, you know, and again, this kind of you just brought a whole bunch of conversations that I've had to, with other people together where, you know, changing, um, you know, Jamar Jones has a book, mm-hmm. um, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life, that mm-hmm. also goes along with the seasons of life where, you know, there's going to be times where you have different people in your life where it may be time to change that circle. Um, Depending on where you are in your life, you may be in a, in a state of complete and total distress, depression because of a situation that you've gone through because of a mental health, you know, disorder because Mm -hmm. of addictions. But from my experience, you can only stay at the bottom so long Right. I, I don't know anybody that I've know, you know I don't know anybody that doesn't eventually come up from that. You know, I've I've hit bottom. I have had friends. I've known others. You eventually will dig your way up, but it does have a lot to do with you as a person, whom you choose to have in your circle. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of it has to do with mindset on how quickly you will bounce back on how quickly you are able to bounce back on the situation, of course, but there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. It it's a matter of whether or not you choose to follow it quickly or you choose to stay where you are for a longer period of time, but it is a choice. And speaking from somebody who has been there a couple of times in my life from different situations I mean, it is, it is, but once you've been there, I'll tell you, I don't ever want to go back there. And I have worked very hard on self-care, on mental, you know, health awareness to make sure that I don't ever find myself back at that rock bottom situation. And a lot of that has to do with checking my mood on a regular basis. Now I'm speaking from somebody who's got a, a, you know, lifelong mental health situation, you know, diagnosis, checking my mental health, my husband, making sure, you know, he, every once in a while, you seem down, you seem really, really excitable. I'm like, Oh, well too much. You know, it's a matter of making sure that on a daily basis that I am checking to make sure that I am mentally, physically, you know, doing everything I need to do to stay healthy all the time. And for a while, it was changing the people that I chose to have in my life because they were unhealthy. So, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into, and it's not easy. Everything, you know, that, that you've spoken about, and I don't know the depths. And here's my next question before I go on and on, Uh you know, you work with organizations and companies. Um, what do you think is one of the biggest challenges when it comes to, you know, going into an organization and, you know, helping them? I will say the biggest barrier, because um, working with people, of course, is unresolved childhood trauma. Whether it's C-suite or all the way on down, doesn't matter the age. 
when you get into the, the, the depths of it, a lot of times people are operating from their greatest fears and anxieties as opposed to their, their greatest and their most creative inspirations, meaning certain people have certain blue systems or ideas of how things should be done or doing it the way that it always been done or whatever else that may be, that, that belief, that idea, because it's comfortable for them. It's not challenging them to have to grow personally. It's not uh, in some way from their perspective, uh, challenging their position within the organization or a decision that they made that they got credit for five years ago. But, you know, that time is coming on and the world has changed and we need to do new stuff to get or try new things to get different results. A perfect example is from the organizational side. I was I just um, had a a, a two part workshop um, and, and kind of consulting session with a, a C-suite um, or senior leadership team of a, of a very, very large nonprofit. They do tons, you know, millions and millions of dollars. Um, and these are well-known folks. When I got into the session, we began to talk about things when we, after we did some education and talking about some, some different things that we need to discuss and go through, we begin to kind of, uh, I began to ask some creative questions, like how would you show up to work differently if you had no fear? Um, you know, how would, you know, how would it, your work um, or your focus or your ideas shift if you had no fear. Like, let's just take fear off the table and think from creative inspiration only. And it was interesting to see the entire group, their eyes lit up, they got excited. There was a lot of laughing, um, a lot of joking. And I heard different ideas or, or statements like, hey, like we asked her to the board, but like what's keeping us from actually going and trying X, Y, and Z? Like, it, you know, how would it hurt or, or what would it hurt if we chose to stop doing this and doing more of that? Um, and one question I thought that I pose is, you all are known in the community for doing X, Y, and Z, but what, what if you decided to shift your, your, your position in the marketplace that we are an innovation firm first that does X, Y, and Z because we champion innovation, trying new things. And how can we then transfer those ideas to turn those into action steps um, and incentives for our team members to fail fast, try new things, right? Like what we do is, is within a certain lane currently, but it could be so much more and, we, and we'll never know if we don't get outside of our comfort zone. So the childhood traumas aspect is huge because it keeps people thinking with inside their own paradigm. You would assume if they're in the C-suite, they're like not just the most creative, but like the most open but sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not true. It depends on the position, the organization, the human. But getting past that is huge. So at the beginning of my sessions, including that session, I have everyone put on a masquerade ball mask and said, today we're going to take off the corporate and social mask that, it, that we put on every single morning based on what we believe the world needs us to be. But I want you to come forth as who you truly are, what you truly want. If you had it your way, if you couldn't fail, if no one's going to judge you, let's rethink who we are, if that's not clear, because for a lot of people it's not. And let's rethink how we interact in the world and the value that we provide. What could we be doing that could be pushing the envelope to change the future for yourself and the organization? And when people really begin, and I would say this, it took maybe five minutes, five to 10 minutes for people to really begin to think through it. And there was silence for the first, you know, once again, five to 10 minutes. But after that, the creativity that came out and just the spark in those individuals' eyes was completely different because they were letting in the child come forward because we are all children on the inside. The adult bodies don't mean that we are adults and adulting sucks and it's hard and it's unfair and it's no fun. And I told them that too and everybody started laughing and down the head. Like adulting sucks. This is a program. We don't have to live by that. Adulting is too hard. It's too restrictive. It, it says let your true self, the, the inner child die, you know, sacrifice yourself for everyone else, be a sacrificial lamb because that's what the world needs. It's untrue. We, and once again, I go back to the same thing. When you talk to successful people, they don't think that way. That's self-deprecation. That's ignorance. That's blindness. Because what about you? It's an important question to ask. What about you? So, so now that you're an adult, you just pay all the bills and you don't get anything? Your kids get everything? Your husband, your wife, your, your community, you just serve, serve, serve and, and die or, or shriveled up String bean? I don't get that. Right. That sounds dumb. Mm -hmm. What about you? And if you are not okay, you are never going to be your best. And especially those with children listening to this, you know, if you're stressed out and overwhelmed, 
you, you, you're not the best parent you can be. You're not thinking creatively. You're frustrated. You're making excuses. You're blaming secretly. Let's be honest. You were secretly blaming your children for your issues or some of them, right? And your, your lack of freedom and you can't do this. Stop it. That is the way that we are taught to be programmed so that we can self-destruct and not manifest our greatness. But we have to be strong internally and externally. We have to be free mentally and emotionally to think our best thoughts and to do our best work, even if it's just making the best pancakes first thing in the morning on a Saturday morning for yourself and or your family or whatever else. Like, that's what life is all about. But you have to be able to slow down enough to be able to see those things and not be so bogged down with adulting and living life and paying bills and meeting expectations of other people. All of that is just too much. It's too heavy. We don't have to live that way, but we make a choice. So we can't blame the world. We can only blame ourselves because we are the captain of our ship and the master of our souls, right? Oh, I'm sorry. The captain of our fate and the masters of our souls. Mm -hmm. It is up to us and no one else. And if you ever point the finger on the outside, just remember it's a trick. Point the finger back at yourself in every situation and you will see an entirely different paradigm of life that will give you the answer that you're seeking. Yeah. But don't point that finger on the outside or you've, or you've been duped and it's going to be another Another day, another week, another month, another year of blindness or lack of clarity, lack of sight, the vision, the plan, because we're always looking on the outside for our solutions and the problems. But the problem is us and the solution is within us and all around us. And as soon as we tap into that and begin to see with the inner eye and the external eyes for life for what it truly is, not what we want it to be because we didn't get this growing up. No one cares what you didn't get. Life doesn't care what you didn't get. You manifest what you believe. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as long as you're a victim, as long as you're feeling down and low and someone else did something, you're going to manifest that. As I mentioned at the beginning, the law of correspondence. Every external reality has an internal reality or belief or idea that is deeply rooted within you. And if you want to shift what's happening on the outside, you have to shift what's going on within you. Even if the externals don't affirm this change of vision, internal vision, that's where everything begins. That that is the only way to turn this entire, you know, warship or boat of your life is making turns early. Not when you need to make the turn to not hit the island. You make the turn maybe a quarter mile ahead of time to turn that boat so that you don't hit the the, the rocks and the enclave. Right. Right. Same thing. So we have to see it first and begin to take the action, and then we'll make the right turns at the right time. And but it's never a one to one comparison, moment to moment. It's always like this lag and delay, but that's that's what makes life exciting because we can't know everything. But once we realize we can influence the outcomes, then life, then the game of life becomes a very equitable game because now we're not being made to feel like life is against us or the situation that we can't control to keep us from doing this. We know that for the most part, 90 to 95% is up to us. Mm -hmm. well, and once you know that, everything changes. Yeah. So well said. So absolutely well said. So I have, um, we are coming to time. So I have the question of the season. Um, I, and just so you know, I could sit and, and talk with you for the another, you know, three hours. <laughs> um, you just, it's absolutely amazing. Um, but if, if you could change, um, something in your job or the practice that people have in your role, what would that be? If anything, hmm. what would I change? So because I just literally just said the only thing I can change is what happens within me mm -hmm. or decisions that I make that makes it much more difficult, but it's right. okay. Honestly, I think if there was anything to be changed in the kind of role and work that I'm doing, it, it is, and I don't mean this in a, in a, um, a self-absorbed or whatever way, but we are on the cutting edge of doing something new that is not common. And so one thing that I am doing but I think is a challenge because when you're someone that is creating a new vision, you have to get people on board. Mm -hmm. And I would say that in the, in my line of work, it would be great if there was a way to communicate the ideas that I had more efficiently. So I'm doing social media and I'm communicating ideas having one-on-one -on -one meetings, I'm doing podcasts, I'm creating, I'm sharing ideas all the time. But if there was a more efficient way, which for me personally could be a podcast, it could be a new media that doesn't currently exist, 
but I think just the idea is that you can do whatever you set your mind to do, and there's no limitations but yourself. If that core idea, which is the core idea of mental fitness, could be more more easily transferred to the minds of other people, that would be a beautiful thing. And I think that that is shifting because I, I, I truly believe that the world is in an age of awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're in the, in the age of Aquarius, so we're going from the age of of thinking to the age of knowing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are beginning to have these kind of revelations and move towards these very, very fast. And so I just would love for that to be happening more efficiently and effectively because whatever I say, I can be as articulate as I want to be. The open mind of an individual um, is what is required to be able to accept a new idea and then ponder it for themselves. And so I just, I, I believe and I know that there will be more effective ways, but if it was like in the present moment, if we could find that perfect medium to be able to transfer these ideas, uh, that is what I think currently is a limiting factor because uh, right now it's just word of mouth and just like every other discipline, it grows over time and then it's something standard that everybody's aware of. But I, I just pray the gift of mental fitness and believe that it will happen for more and more people uh, because we all need it. It is not, and, and that's a good thing because it's not personal opinion, it's, it's, it's a reality. And uh, seeing people with, with hope going after their dreams is so beautiful. And if I can be a small part of that uh, shift, that's what I'm here to do. Excellent. And how would somebody reach out to you um, or go about, you know, reaching out to you? Yep. So on social media, which includes Facebook, um, LinkedIn, um, as well as Instagram, it's uh, at william.bisandboy.deck, D's and David, E-C-K. So William.B.Deck. Um, and then you can also email me if you want to reach out directly at WDeck at MindBusinessLLC.com. Excellent. Um, those, those are primary ways. Excellent. And those will be in the show notes. So if you want to reach out to William, you will be able to look in the show notes in order to get um, his contact information. But William, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an awesome conversation. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.